ओम ज्ञान चिरंधस्यज्ञानंजनशलाकाय Bhakti, that is coming from the Swarup Shakti, Ladini Shakti of Krishna, Radharani. She gives pleasure to Krishna. So how Bhakti Vinod experiences pleasure, he is describing here. Everyone wants happiness. It is the propensity of every jiva to seek happiness. Because he is part and parcel of Krishna, who is Anandamaya Bhyasat, full of pleasure by nature. So the jiva seeks happiness. In material life, he seeks happiness in everything which is guaranteed to bring him unhappiness. But he's so foolish that he can that which is inauspicious for him, he thinks is good for him. Viparit. Buddhi, back to front, intelligence. Vayam diti abhinivesita syat, ishad peitasya, viparyayo smitihi. Because of turning away from Krishna, he enters the world of fear and has the completely opposite concept of that which is auspicious for him. And when he turns away from material so-called happiness, but does not turn toward Krishna, then tries to take pleasure in just being without any activity, impersonal, so-called happiness. Bhaktivinoda Thakur here describes that which brings him happiness. How is he happy? He's happy in serving Krishna. He describes here various activities which are favorable for advancement in Krishna consciousness and which in themselves constitute Krishna consciousness. So the first thing he says that the lotus, the dust of the lotus feet of pure devotees, Shuddha Bhakata Charana Reno, this is Anukul, this is favorable for Bhajan. Bhajan means Service to Krishna, um, particularly in this in this world, on this side of the Viraja River, that which is uh, particularly that which is exemplified or centered on hearing and chanting about Krishna. So, all this hearing, chanting, everything. The life of that is the mercy of the pure devotees. Bhaktivinoda Thakur starts off by making this point before describing the others. Uh, th- that Charan Renu, that means not just taking the dust from the lotus feet, but Bhagata Seva, serving devotees also, which is in and of itself the highest perfection. And the very root of the creeper of 
Prem. Prem. Mm. The fully fructified stage of love of Krishna. So, Madhavatiti. The day which is very dear to Hari. Hari Vasa. Ekadashi. The ma- is the mother of devotion. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur says that I very carefully or very seriously follow this. Bhaktivinoda Thakur was very serious about all these practices. Although a householder he used to practice following Kadashi. That was very common previously. In your Gujarat also used to be very very common. People would follow. Even now there are many people who observe at least they they don't take greens they they take anukalpa still in gujarat very common not as common as it used to be everything's going down bhaktino thakur would follow chaturmasi would follow as a householder he wrote that feels very sorry nowadays people they don't like to follow there's description he he would sit in his house during chaturmasi dressed only in kopin and sit and chant Go on chanting, chanting. His eyes with his one devotee described, that's one of the disciples of Bhaktisthana He went to see Bhakti to Tiptashna Bhaktivinotako. When he came in, Bhaktivinotako had to lift up his his eye lids were drooping down. He had to lift them up to look at him. <laughs> in his old age he was following. Not only in his old age, but throughout life he was falling very seriously. So Krishna Bhashati, the place of where Krishna resides. Krishna is everywhere, but still some places are very special. Place where the deity is installed. The holy places of worship of Krishna. I brought out a book recently about some, some of the many holy places in India. So these places are very... Uh, Krishna Bhashati, Bhashati Boli. Parama Adore Bori. So the, the, these places are, Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, with great respect, I select such a place as my residence. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he, he made uh, his Bhakti Kuti in his cottage of devotion in Puri on the beach. Then later in Mayapur he made his residence at Swananda Swananda Kunj. Hmm? Amita Swananda Kunjadabashi. Yes. So that's in he may, he also built a house in Calcutta. You may say, Well what's holy about Calcutta? Why Calcutta? This place of Maya. Gorkishaw Das Babaji Maharaj was always calling. He would send, he'd send a message to Bhaktivinoda Thakur, come and join me and leave that place of Kali, Calcutta, and come and join me in the Dham of Navadvip. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur sent back a message, where I reside is not the place of Kali. He lived in Bhakti Bhavan. He built that house specifically for the purpose of serving devotees. So, Gora Amara, my Gora, who can say like that? Who can say Gora Amara, who is actually my Gora, who can say, who is actually made 
Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, his life and soul. Gauramara, Jaisabhashta, all the places that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to, in great happiness, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would wander here and there in great happiness, chanting the names of Krishna. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, I, I will go to all of those places to see, to take darshan, in the association of loving devotees. These are all act, activities favorable for Krishna consciousness. Mridanga Bhadda, hearing the sound of the Mridanga, Shunitemon, Abhashara Shadajachai, I always desire the opportunity to hear the sound of the Mridanga. This Mridanga, of course there are so many different kinds of drums, but this particular Mridanga is part of the eternal paraphernalia of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Sankirtan, Kartal Mridanga. So it's it's not an ordinary instrument. In in Bengal before Kirtan, Bengal Orissa, actually all of India in traditional before performing music one should worship the instrument. Because it's it's not just some something which someone put together, but it's meant it's meant for worshipping the Lord and therefore is worshipable. I have a peeve that in our movement at the present time in the kirtans mridanga sound is replaced by or overshadowed by or overpowered by this uh, bongo drum which gives a it gives a heavy beat but it's not shankabaje ghantabaje madhur madhur is it what is that Shankabhaje Ganta Bhaje Madhur 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 Bhaje Madhur Amridanga Bhaje I was trying to get that I was gonna. so it's not Madhur it's not sweet it's powerful but it doesn't have that sweet subtlety which is very pleasing to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu so many instruments can be played but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu very dear to him as Kartal and Madanga so we always have to remember that that in the Western world, especially at the present time, or all over the world, especially at the present time, people think that music is for our entertainment. But actually, if we're devotees, then everything is meant for Krishna's pleasure. So kirtan is meant for Krishna's pleasure. So we can bear in mind what he likes to hear. That's more important than what we like to hear. And when our consciousness becomes pure, I'm going to speak about this in a few minutes. When our consciousness becomes purified, then we we do everything for his pleasure. So these these activities of Krishna consciousness are being described. Gora Bihita Kirtanashuna, the kind of kirtan that is ordained by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This kind of kirtan. Not there are so many invented kirtans, invented songs, bogus songs. But Bhaktivinoda Thakur says those kirtans which are approved, ordained by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, hearing them, my heart dances in happiness. Seeing Jugalamurti, the deity forms of Radha and Krishna, 
I experience the greatest happiness, and by taking the, by honoring the prasad, the food offered to them, we conquer over all material contaminations. I conquer. Then he's saying, in my house, this is his bhakti bhavan. He's not in Calcutta. Building Calcutta, but not in Calcutta, because it's bhakti bhavan. It's a house of pure devotional service. So when he performs the archan, the service of the deities in his house, when he performs his devotional activities, he sees that his whole house is transformed into Golok Dham. It's non-different. And taking the Charanamrita, the nectar which has washed the lotus feet of, that's the water that's used for Abhishek of the deities, and comes over their lotus feet, he sees this is Ganga. Ganga means the water coming from the lotus feet of Krishna. So this is poured over their heads, comes on their feet and we can take. And he says, when I take this, there's no limit to my happiness. Only devotees can understand this. Otherwise, how by drinking water you become so... No, there's no limit to my happiness. They say, what is it, spiked with something? It's got some... They put some LSD in it or something. It's not a popular drug nowadays, I think. But from our generation it was. Shame, shame. Prabhupada saved us. So, but it's spiked with Krishna's mercy. It's full of the nectar of Krishna's lotus feet. That nectar is so relishable that Krishna himself desires it. You've seen the picture of baby Krishna sitting on a big banyan leaf with his foot in his mouth. Why has he got his foot in his mouth? You've all seen babies. Baby puts a foot in her mouth. They like to do that. Can you do that? You have to be a bit of a yogi to do that. Babies can do it easily. They don't have their spine solidly formed. They're not stiff like us. But Krishna, he's doing it because he thinks that all my devotees are very eager to taste the nectar of my lotus feet. Must be pretty good. Let's see what it's like. (laughs) So devotees, they take the nectar of Krishna's lotus feet daily. Taking Charanamrita, Bhaktivinoda Unlimited bliss. What bliss. So nice and easy to be a devotee. People are making so many arrangements for happiness. They're making so many machines and so many complicated devices, but devotees takes Charanamrita. Very nice. When I see Tulsi, then my Jurai Pran. This is, this is the uh, stress relief. My Pran, my life has become settled. Actually, it's a fact. By performing these activities of bhakti, then automatic, we're all you know, we have you know, different techniques of stress relief and this and that. But you just chant Hare Krishna. Everything is automatically done. Well, one lady. She's from Gujarat, but she's living in New Jersey. She's, she asked me how to get free from depression. 
So I told her that whenever you feel depressed, just put your hands in the air and say, Hare Krishna, very loudly. <laughs> so she wrote me an email and said, it works. <laughs> and we don't charge you $500 for telling. Secret. So, so by seeing Tulsi, then I become very Durai Pran. I become very satisfied. Everything very nice. Why? Because I know that Tulsi is very pleasing to Madhava Krishna. Madhava Toshani. She gives satisfaction. And taking the shark. They call here spinach, although in Bengal there are so many varieties. <laughs> Something electronic. Gora Priya Shaka Shivani. By honoring the shark, the green leafy vegetables, that's how it's translated which are very dear to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then I think, my life is successful. How about that? People are going to so much endeavor to be successful, to get lots of money, and have a big house, and be respected in society. And Bhakti Thakur is taking the shark prasad offered to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. I must, you can tell. In India, there's so much concern about, you have to be a success. You have to work hard and make lots of money. Yeah, you can be successful. Bhakti Anod Thakur's method of being successful. Just take prasada. Very nice. But he didn't make lots of money. No need it. You can take. You don't need any money. Shark, it just goes wild on the side of the road. You can take in the ponds. If you don't have any money, you can just beg a little rice and take a little shark, offer it to Krishna and be happy. Bhakti Vinod, Krishna Bhajani, Anukul Paijaha. But you know, Thakur says in all these activities of bhakti, whatever whatever is favorable for bhakti, he performs every day, he, and feels great happiness in doing so. So all these activities, these are all activities. They are regulated activities of devotional service. We'll find in the bhakti rasamrita sindhu of Srila Rupa Goswami Prabhupada, which Prabhupada is very kindly translated as the nectar of devotion, that these are prescribed activities to be performed in devotional service. These are the anukul, and then there's also the pratikul. That means, anukul means do it, vidhi, and pratikul don't do it, nishayit. So why all these rules? In the modern age there's the idea, don't follow rules, we should be free free society. No one should follow rules. Although actually they say it's a free society, there's probably more rules than in any other time in history. There's more do's and probably more don'ts. And you get, it's, it's, we were in some airport, in Dublin airport, and smoking, for, I mean, I'm for no smoking, but it was a fine of 3,000 euros for smoking in the terminal. I mean, they're really serious about it. Hare Krishna. So they have so many rules. The rules of bhakti, we may think, ah, why should we follow all these? We'll just 
do bhakti as we like. But these activities are prescribed because everything we do affects our consciousness. And these activities, they make us Krishna conscious. Prabhupada used this word, Krishna consciousness. He used this term, Krishna Bhakti Rasa Bhavita Matihi. He took it from Rupa Goswami's description. He, he translated this long to Krishna Bhakti Rasa Bhavita Matihi. So he translated this. This is not very easy to translate in English exactly, but Prabhupada translated it simply as Krishna consciousness. Matihi, we can say, means consciousness. Warning. This is a don't do not. Strangulation hazard. Wow. The baby monitor is so that the devotees in the kitchen can hear the... If the baby cries, no, it's if I cry, the baby can hear. Oh, right. <laughs> the, the devotees in the kitchen, so that they can hear. The I kitchen. see. Okay. <laughs> Hare Krishna, devotees. <laughs> they can't shout back. Have them yell Hari Bol if they can hear you. <laughs> okay, that's that's ancient technology. <laughs> So everything we do affects our consciousness. And Prabhupada used this term, Krishna consciousness. Now we may think, well, that was, some, that, was a, that was a hip word or a buzzword in 1966 when Prabhupada founded the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. But among the hippies, among who he founded the organization. But actually this, this term... Krishna consciousness, it's the it's the whole crux of everything that Prabhupada came to teach. Because, what did he come to teach? He didn't come to teach to follow rules and regulations. Is that true? Prabhupada didn't teach rules and regulations. He did teach rules and regulations, but the ultimate purpose is not the rules and regulations. The ultimate purpose is Smartavya satatam vishnu vismartavya najatu chit sarva etaya eva kinkaraha. He came to teach two things always to think of Krishna and never to forget him, which means the same thing. It's, but why, why two things? Why do they say two? He says, do this and don't do that. Why two things if it means the same thing? If you always think of Krishna, it means you never forget Krishna, isn't it? That's logical. And if you never forget Krishna, it means you always remember Krishna. So why the two things are given? Because it's the same thing. There's positive do's and do nots. Vidhi do and do not. And in the scriptures there are so many do's and do nots. So then after this comes Sarva Vidhi Nishayda. All the do's and do nots are the servants of these two principles. Which ultimately comes down to one principle to always think of Krishna. So that's why it's said twice. Just say, well, that's what you do do. Well, what about all these do-nots? Well, they're all meant for the same thing. All the do's do chant Hare Krishna. Do take Charanamrita. Do take Krishna Prasad. That's to help us remember Krishna. And do not take food not offered to Krishna. Do not associate with non-devotees. All these do-nots, because they block our remembrance of Krishna. So all these 
rules that Bhakti Nod Thakur is saying. Actually, they're, they're rules for us. They're not rules for Bhakti Nod Thakur. He doesn't have to do all these things. But what the rules do, he may think, I don't want to follow the rules, I'll just be Krishna conscious. But if you are Krishna conscious, then you do these things anyway. It's just telling us to do what, what, what a perfect person like Bhakti Nod Thakur automatically loves to do, which is to chant Hare Krishna and to worship the deities, and to take Charanamrita, and to visit the holy places which are associated with Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and so on and on and on. So everything affects our consciousness. So for us, we, we, for those who are aspiring to be devotees of Krishna, to follow in the footsteps of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and Rupa Goswami, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, and Srila Prabhupada, and all the great devotees, we follow these rules because they affect our consciousness in the way that we think of Krishna. And if we don't, we may say, well, I'll just think of Krishna. But the problem is that we don't just think of Krishna. And if we were just thinking of Krishna, then we'd do all these things anyway. So all these things affect our consciousness. Everything we do affects our consciousness. And consciousness is the most important thing. It, our consciousness affects everything we do and everything we do affects our consciousness. So, therefore, we should, if, if we're at all eager to be Krishna conscious, if we, if we are fortunate enough to associate with devotees, that's the beginning of the purification of our consciousness because we hear from them what we really need to do so that our consciousness can become purified. What is our real self-interest? We're hearing from so many people. It's modern age. Everyone thinks that what I have to say is very important. There's this idea that everyone's voice is as good as everyone else's. That everyone should have their own opinion and everyone should speak. And It's just a hullabaloo of different ideas of Everyone. The other day I was chanting Japa in our London centre, central London, just after the Mongol Arti, and there's people coming out of the nightclub, just a few doors up. They're coming out drunk, and who knows what else. But I had to give there, I'm just chanting Japa, and so... So he's giving his opinion, as if he just came out of the nightclub, and now he has to give some spiritual advice. (laughs) this is absurd but everyone this idea everyone's opinion is as good as anyone else's but no if we hear from devotees then we can if we're fortunate enough to hear from devotees then we'll understand that all our problems first thing we might not even understand if we're in very low consciousness we don't even understand that we have problems we're thinking that, yeah, everything's nice, everything's wonderful. Our, our football team won the game, so everything's wonderful. This is the average level of consciousness. So when we understand we have problems, then we may start to hear from devotees, or but anyway, by which we can hear from devotees, and then devotees will impart Krishna consciousness to us. That may be done in various ways. Sometimes just by looking 
Sometimes someone, there are cases of people who even saw Prabhupada just for a moment, from a distance, and that impression remained in their consciousness for years. And they never forgot that. And then after years, they again came in contact. There's one story, Indra Jumna Swami told, he has so many stories like this. Someone told him that he, one man just, he was, he just, there was some hall and he opened the door and he saw, he didn't know at the time, he saw Prabhupada and he thought, oh, well, alright, closed the door and went out. Years later, he got a book and he said, oh, yeah, I remember that. that, that, that I remember that. That there was something very special, that man. So he read the books and then took up Krishna consciousness. It may be, there, there are cases, uh, there's one devotee, I think, who is that? I think it was, maybe it was Mahabuddhi Prabhu told her, who is that? That he was, somehow or other, he got the opportunity to, what happened, he was in Los Angeles and he came to, came to the temple and there was no one there because they were all out to meet Prabhupada, only Jaduba Prabhu was there and he called him in and said, hey, can you stand here and hold this Umbrella, I think it might be for the for the light for the camera. So, so he got to be right next to Prabhupada because everyone was out meeting Prabhupada, and only Jadavar was there setting up to sh- to do the shooting of Prabhupada. And see, he here hold this. So he was standing right next to Prabhupada, in the, which you never got the possibility. And then during the le- he was just standing there, you know, he was a hippie, just coming, you know, what's going on here? And then during the lecture, Prabhupada said. You have to surrender and turn and look right at my body. He didn't know what surrender meant. <laughs> he said, Oh, I gotta surrender. And that was it. He surrendered. <laughs> so it may be just by a, a few words or just by glancing or just by seeing a great devotee. We have this Nakul Brahmachari is described in Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita that thousands of people would go to see him just by seeing him, they would become fully Krishna conscious because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had entered him and he was just like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Avibhav, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had entered him. But generally the process is that by hearing, one has to hear from devotees. This is always recommended. One should hear. And devotees, by speaking they will impart Krishna consciousness. But by, by speaking, by kunta katha, there are so many terms, hari katha, nivrittata shai It's those who are at least somewhat free, fed up with material enjoyment, then they become eligible to take this medicine of hearing about Krishna. Which is very pleasing to hear. So by hearing, then they will impart this consciousness, Krishna consciousness, that we are not the body, we are eternal servants of Krishna, we are meant for serving Krishna, and then gradually... Ado Shadha, with faith, we associate, we, in hearing, then we associate with devotees, and 
bhajana kriya. Then devotees engage us in these activities of Krishna consciousness. And this all affects our consciousness. Everything affects our consciousness. So, the advertising industry, the educational system, these are all based on influencing others' consciousness. TV, influencing. The whole idea that we shall become happy, our life will be good if we become totally materialistic. This is imparted through the TV, through the educational system. And they're very expert in making people feel that they have to purchase something which they don't want. Just like Coca-Cola and Pepsi-Cola. If you stuck it in the can, in the shop, and you never advertised it, no one would ever buy it. I don't know what it tastes like now, but I remember as a kid, I used to think this tastes horrible. But they, they advertise it by association. They show sports stars or young people, very good-looking young people looking happy, drinking Coke and Pepsi. And so you think, I would like to be that? Okay, I'll drink it, I'll buy it. And this way they have billions of dollars of business just based on cheating people who want to be cheated. They willingly cheated. And the whole advertising industry works on the premise that people are uh, pliable. They can be they can be their consciousness can be manipulated to choose to do something which they wouldn't have done if you hadn't shown them the ad or run the advertisement they're trying to show that your life will be better like this the educational system also very powerful for influencing the whole way we think these two things i mean when when some in some country there's some military coup then one of the very first things they do is take over the TV and radio stations so they can influence people otherwise then they'll start speaking you know we're here to help you to, we've saved you from the tyrant and all and they'll put out propaganda so directly indirectly this this, this so many years ago, they, they made techniques of subliminal advertising, and that was 50 years ago. And at least they discovered all this. And so many techniques in Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna speaks about this also. Sangat Sandayate Kamaha. Everything we come into contact with affects us. Krishna speaks a lot in Bhagavad Gita and elsewhere in Shastra we'll find a lot of discussion of the effects of the different modes of material nature. How are we in this material world? How, how is it that we're getting birth after birth? What is going on? This Krishna speaks in Bhagavad Gita. Purusha prakriti stohi bhunte prakriti jan gunan Karanam What is the cause? Guna sangha asya we are here in, in this material nature, stuck here. 
Purusha Prakriti Stohi, and attempting to enjoy that nature, the cause of this, or the cause of our continuing birth and death, is association with the modes of material nature, by which we get apparently good and definitely bad births within this material world. So Krishna explains that in detail in Bhagavad Gita, how different kinds of foods affect our consciousness. Now in the modern age, there's a, there's a lot of concern about how the food affects our bodies. But in uh, how, how Krishna speaks, he's more, he's more directed towards how it affects our consciousness. We see that Prabhupada, he, uh, even some of his disciples, they were really against taking white sugar. And Prabhupada said, no, Krishna likes it very much. And Prabhupada considered it to be sattvic food. And even, j- j- there are so many things, golden raisins and, and the black raisins, and people, devotees say, no, Prabhupada is more healthy. Said, it looks like little beetles. Give me the golden raisins. <laughs> which is bleached. So, uh, what is in the mode of goodness? What is sattvic? How, how that will affect our consciousness? Prabhupada was more concerned with that. Of course, we want to keep the body healthy for serving Krishna. And certain foods are very... Even Prabhupada himself said that. He said, if I take very light and simple food, that's better for my health. But all, all these things, uh, that uh, this discussion of the modes of material nature, what are the different attitudes, we find, uh, just like for instance, it's said that charity that is given without expectation of return, which is given for the sake of uh, dharma, that we do it as a duty, not that I'm doing it to show, to become famous as a philanthropist, we're just doing it's my duty. I'll, I'll do it. That's why we have this word, dakshina. Now, sometimes that's translated as donation. But dakshina is not actually donation. Dana is donation. Dakshina means it's something which is it's given. It's not considered a donation. It's just like in, in Indian culture, generally people don't say, please, thank you. They don't say that all the time. Because, and... If if you go and if you if for everything people do you say thank you then they want it. it's my duty to serve that's all it's not all the time you have to say thank the idea if you say thank you the idea is that that the person has done something for you but rather the person who's doing it is thinking that I'm blessed to have the opportunity to do something it's my op- it's my duty to do so if Prabhupada would often say thank you to his disciples but traditionally Guru doesn't say thank you to his disciples. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No, it's, he's, they should be so thankful that they're getting the opportunity to serve him. That's their duty. To do. He's training them by doing so. So you, you can see it's a very different approach to life that, that we're raised in in the West. I was just talking with a devotee yesterday and he distributes Srila Prabhupada's books in Finland and... Uh, it just so happened we were at the airport and someone came up to us and said, Ah, do you do Kung Fu? <laughs> and he said, Yes. I didn't know, but actually he doesn't know, but he used to do. 
And then afterwards I was asking, really, you do come here? He said, no, not now, but I used to. He said, but I meet people on the street who are into that, and I I, I talk with them, and they, they always buy books because they, they appreciate actually this culture because in that culture it's not just a matter of chopping people up, but um, one has to learn from a guru. That's the whole thing. He said in martial arts, that one thing that people learn, that, that part, part of the culture they learn is that you have to always bow down to your guru. So that is in, instilled in them. So that's something useful because in in uh, in the Western culture that's that's and that's considered bow down to that's like the worst thing you could possibly do. In nineteen, you can hear the recording. Prabhupada in nineteen sixty eight in Seattle, at the end of a lecture, someone says, "Well, I don't see why I should have to bow down to anyone." Prabhupada said, "This is your disease." Yeah. <laughs> He's very heavy with him. You think you don't have to... If you don't bow down before the proper person, you'll be forced to bow down by death. Anyway, you have to bow down. You should learn to bow down in the right place so that you don't have to die. So that's a fact. But in the Western culture, you know, no, I'm, I am exactly the, what Krishna describes as the demoniac way of thinking. Ishvarahamahambhogi. I'm in charge here. I'm okay. I don't need anyone to help me. Siddho Hambalavan Suki. I'm perfect. I'm powerful. I'm happy. Everything's okay. I'm great. I'm a self-made man. Everything I've done is by the sweat of my own brow. I'm the enjoyer. Demoniac attitude. So this, uh, actually what we're discussing here is, in a sense, is this culture. So... Some years ago I read some statement, one American student, this is quoted in some newspaper, who's saying that modern American culture is the best in the history of the world because it gives more, it gives the greatest opportunity to every individual for the pursuit of happiness. <laughs> happiness here meaning unrestricted sense enjoyment. Well then, uh, you know, the monkeys, they're, they're the best then make a monkey the president. You might do a better job. <laughs> but, uh, or it may not make any difference, you know. <laughs> really, I mean, you know, you have a peanut farmer, then a movie actor, and you know, they, their job is just to, you know, make a... It seems, with the Reagan administration, it seemed like his job was just, you know, he was a, he was a PR man, and that's all. The actual administration is done by others. Anyway, I don't want to talk too much about this. I'm not much into these conspiracies. Do we think there are conspiracies? Of course there are. That's politics. There have always been conspiracies. and always, In the material world, there always will be. And you, you can expose them and throw them all out, and then someone else will come in. And What's the use? Better chant Hare Krishna. At least they're allowing us to chant Hare Krishna. So definitely, uh, the people, you know, they want to expose them. Of course, they're corrupt and uh, they're not honest. And then, what do you think? They're all saints or something? Saint George Bush? <laughs> Maybe he thinks he is, but uh, but uh, these are materialistic people. And definitely, they say power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So, 
We give them give power and suddenly people are going to misuse it. That's why the Vedic system is the, the, the power is executed by the king under the direction of by a trained king under the direction of Brahmanas. He has to come and bow down before his guru every day. And Brahmana has to be uh, selfless. That society is that culture is given by Brahmanas. And Brahmana means not just someone who knows a few mantras and has a thread over his shoulder, but one who's spiritually advanced. Prabhupada wanted to introduce this culture because the modern way of life, or any any materialistic society, but presently at the special present time, everything that we do, all all the impetuses we have, just I hear Bhaktivinoda Thakur saying, these impetuses, or all the things that he does, seeing the deities, taking Charanamrita, hearing Kirtan with Madanga, all these help to increase our Krishna consciousness. But everything we do in modern life, it, it tends to drag our consciousness down to a very low level, actually. It's not just material. I mean, even the mode of goodness is... It's like it's between the spiritual and and the material. And the mode of passion is materialistic and the mode of ignorance tamagun is just simply hellish but in the modern age is it's rajagun with a very strong admixture of tamagun and the, the basic culture is tamasic it's based on meat eating and uh, illicit sex and the music is the music the people hear it's it doesn't elevate, doesn't purify or elevate the consciousness, but actually drags it down to a very, very just the sound, the boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom. What to speak of the words? It, it's actually very degrading to the consciousness. So it's Bhaktivinoda Thakur is giving these guidelines. How he's very happy in Krishna consciousness. He's giving us these guidelines for us to follow. If it's it's a very dangerous age because wherever you all the senses are bombarded with with uh, impetuses to drag our consciousness down. The the way people dress is especially women's fashions. They're especially meant for attracting the opposite sex. And you'll find in the advertisements, it's just meant to, it's meant to put us in a low state of consciousness so that we're easily manipulable. Is that the right word? Easily, easily manipulated. All, all this music, it puts us in a low state of consciousness, then we can, then we can easily be, yes, buy this, okay. We don't, or not just buying this product or that product, but the whole it, the whole mode of thinking is on a very low level. You go in the supermarket and they have this music playing, right? That that makes us stupid. It's it boom 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 it's like getting punch drunk. Boom 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 boom. And you you can't think. Our consciousness is not clear. 
the rishis, they would go to the forest and, and meditate, make the mind very calm and still. Modern life is so active. Calmness, stillness, where is that? Even people that go for the weekend to the, some quiet place. If you, can aff- if, you, if you can work hard enough to earn enough money, you can go to a quiet place. But then you can't stay there because you have to go back. Otherwise, all your busy, busyness, if you don't remain busy, then someone else takes it all over. And actually people can't stay either because they can't stay because they're too much agitated. They, they, they feel uncomfortable in a, in a quiet, calm place. Or even if they go there, they make the quiet, calm place uncalm by their presence. You see, driving up to Badrinath, families from Delhi, driving their cars, and they, they get out and they have a whole, they have a van and they get out the generator and run the generator and then put on the TV and they have a video of Bollywood, you know, right on the path, in the middle, half, you know, suspended in the middle of the air, halfway up to, halfway up to Badrinath. And they just, so you're driving along and all of a sudden you're, you're driving. Actually, we should be walking. But, but we're driving along and all of a sudden you hear this, this, boom, 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 ah! <laughs> this screaming which sounds like someone's in tortured <laughs> what's going on you look and there's this family and they're all shouting each other which they think they're talking to each other <laughs> you know, they're just in such low consciousness so Krishna consciousness Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has given the process of chanting the holy names of Krishna Peaceful consciousness, a peaceful atmosphere, of which we can gradually withdraw the the mind and senses away from all the disturbances. That's not going to happen in the modern age. Some strong process of purification is needed. This strong process is chanting the holy names of Krishna. And the whole process of Bhakti Yoga given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu through Rupa Goswami Prabhupada and the Acharyas based on chanting the holy names. But all these things are required and as much as we take to this process that much will be benefited and, and that much we don't. If we, we may think, well, we have to be practical and just a little bit. But As much as we adjust the process, that much our consciousness gets adjusted back to that will cause that which will cause our repeated birth and death due to forgetfulness of Krishna. So we should have if we're if we're actually serious about our self interest, we should know that the process of Krishna consciousness as given to us by Srila Prabhupada is that which is fully for our own self-interest and for the self-interest of anyone who's fortunate enough and intelligent enough to take to it. And everything else is at best not on the same level. And in most cases 
really dragging us down to a, a very low level. The level of consciousness of people in the modern age. I mean, they have so many books, like, you know, teaching how to... What is this? Like, seven habits of highly successful people and this and win-win and all that. Because people, they don't, people don't know how to live in the world. Therefore, there are so many books telling you how to live. And then, even then, you know, it's, it's all the speculation. I saw one book of Kavi, I opened it one time. It was this list of the qualities of a perfect person, according to Stephen Covey. And I looked at it, and I saw one of the things in the list is, he does not, he does not become anyone's disciple. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is on the Temple President's bookshelf. What are you reading that for? He's telling you not to become anyone's disciple. Independent thinking that... Sometimes devotees quote this letter of... Prabhupada said, we want independent... Independent thinking doesn't mean this you know, hippie independence. That you're totally... You just think whatever you like, do whatever you like, don't care for anyone. But it means that one is taking the message of Shastra, Guru, Sadhu and Shastra, one is intelligent enough to apply that in various times, places and circumstances without having to each time take, you know, what do I do now? What do I do now? What do I do now? It doesn't, independent thinking doesn't mean that one becomes a rakshasa or, or he, he throws out shastra. Now I'm independent. I mean, he's totally, devotee is totally dependent on Krishna which means follows the process of Krishna consciousness. But he's able to apply, he knows the essence, therefore, even sometimes he may break the rules to fulfill the rules. <coughs> Which doesn't sound as if it makes sense, but an example, for example, is uh, Srila Prabhupada's allowing in the Western countries that women live in ashrams with men, which is was not at all approved by his godbrothers, but it fulfilled the purpose. He wanted to make people Krishna conscious. And he, in India, the, the unmarried women, they live in, or unmarried married, they live in the protection of their fathers, husbands, like this. But there's no such thing in the Western countries. As Prabhupada saw that women were also serious to become Krishna conscious. So he gave that facility. So he broke one rule to fulfill the most important principle of helping people to become Krishna conscious. One who knows the principles can do that. One who doesn't, one who's not fully in tune with the principles and, and how to apply them makes a big mess when he tries to, in the name of time, place and circumstances or whatever else, adjust things. One who knows the principles and is empowered by Krishna can do so. Others had better be careful. That's why the rules are there. They're there for following. They're given by the Acharyas because they help us to become Krishna conscious. But under certain circumstances that there may be some change to fulfill the actual purpose. But one has to be intelligent enough to understand what are the principles and what are the details. Otherwise we, we take the teachings we take the uh, adjust certain adjustments or certain 
things may be said by certain acharyas, and we take that to be like the principle. Just like Bhaktivinoda Thakur recommended that one should perform Krishna consciousness in family life. He he was he didn't he said this uh, renounced life. He said this is not very good. Better everyone should be married. And so certain people say, well, Bhaktivinoda Thakur Thakur went against Bhaktivinoda Thakur because he made sannyasis. But the thing is that Bhaktivinoda Thakur, seeing at that time so many renegades, so-called vairagis or renunciates, say, well, better they, what is this farce? Better be, be an honest householder instead of pretending to be a renunciate while keeping, you know, keeping uh, clandestine relationships with women and be married. Just be honest about it and chant Hare Krishna. But if one is actually, Bhaktivedanta Saraswati Thakur didn't break any principle given by Bhaktivedanta Thakur. He came to fulfill all the teachings of Bhaktivedanta Thakur. But he was able to establish the sannyas ashram and the sannyasis for preaching very powerfully. Actual sannyasis wanted. But imitation sannyas, that. Definitely it's better to be a householder than an imitation sannyasi. But if one can be a sannyasi, of course one can be a sannyasi in the uh, in the essential sense of the term, in any ashram, householder can be also. But to have the freedom from family responsibilities to travel and preach and give spiritual leadership, if one can actually do that, then that should be done. But certain people took the took the uh, this instruction of Bhaktivinoda Thakur as like, this is this should be for all time, there should never be any more sannyasis, because Bhaktivinoda Thakur said that better to be a householder. So they're unable to distinguish the details from the principles, and therefore they they get stuck up on... Uh, on the neophyte platform, actually. So what to do in America? It's not the best place for becoming Krishna conscious. But it's still a lot better than most of the universe. It's, it's better than the heavenly planets. It's better than the hellish planets. The earth planet is the best planet. Within within the earth planet, there we could say, not we could say, but Shastra clearly says that the land now known as India is better, generally better. They're trying to make it more American than America, but still the general culture there is better for Krishna consciousness. But even more important than living in India or being born in India, if one can get the association of pure devotees, that is more valuable. That's that's the best place to live. We're at the lotus feet of pure devotees. If we can get that association, that will be more valuable. So that possibility is there. Association that we have to know how to take also. We, the, the example is there of the the mosquito is associating very closely with the sadhu. 
but he's sucking his blood and, and making some sting and maybe giving malaria. So one should associate in the proper way by hearing. What is the proper way? Tadvidhi pranipatena. Vidhi here doesn't mean vidhi. That's another word. We're talking about vidhi and nishint. By humility, service, pari, uh, tadvithi pranipayana. You're going now? Someone wants direct. I'm giving somebody direct. Okay, alright. I was just going to say, don't go without prasadam. Tadvithi pranipayana, bowing down, is, very, is considered very bad in Western culture, and in Islam it's considered heretical to bow down to anyone but Allah. But that's impersonalism. To think we'll only bow down before Allah, but Allah doesn't have any representatives. He's just alone by himself. or they don't even re- The word him should not be used. H-I-M should not be used in relationship with Allah. So it's impersonalism. There's only Allah and he has no... There's no one... Only he should be worshipped, but then he, he's so far above it. Then there's no love, actually. If we say that no one should be bowed down to accept Allah, that means they don't recognize the principle of love. That, that God loves us and he loves his devotees, and he says, Man bhakta puja bhyadika. When he's describing to Uddhava how to worship me. And he says you should make temples, you should make gardens and offer arati. And he, and he says, but apart from all these things, worshipping my devotees is even more important than worshipping me. Because he loves his devotees, and he wants to see his devotees glorified, and that's good for the persons who glorify them also. Devotees like Bhaktivinoda Thakur come in this world, and their example is so... Wonderful that if we don't bow down, then then we're not a devotee at all. If we don't want to bow down before Bhakti Nautaka, we say, he's just another human being like me. Vaishnavi Jati Buddhi Naraki Vaisaha. One who thinks like that, he's just another human being. Why should I bow down? And such a person is an eligible candidate for residing in hell. So, tadviti, paripatena, pariprashnena, one should ask relevant questions, one should know how to associate with devotees and serve, serve devotees. So that culture is there. In India, more we were saying also about Kung Fu, this, these martial arts which actually originated in Cow? Is it? Mm-hmm. I heard that. Mm. Oh, that's suspicious. So, even though that culture is subject to be misused, and it, without proper knowledge, previously in India the, the culture was there of imparting knowledge, Shastric knowledge. Now, in, in the last hundred years, that culture has been broken down. So, otherwise, previously it was not possible in India 
that all these cheetahs, so-called gurus, that was not possible. This whole flood of bogus gurus and bogus avatars, well, that, that was there actually in the time of, even after Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, just after Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, so many bogus incarnations came. Even in the time of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, Vishikeshan was claiming to be Mahavishnu, some yogi. But this, uh, anyway, if we study the religious history, there was some Gadadha Chattopadhyay who gave the idea, Jotomot Tatopat, all the paths are the same. All opinions are good. Use the original hippie. So, Ram, he's better known as Ram Krishna. They gave him, they decided uh, by vote that he's an incarnation of Rama and Krishna. So, some very bad things came out. And it sounds very good. It's a jingle. Jato mat tato pot. All passes. We should respect all religions. It sounds wonderful. This Ram Krishna, we have to say, is a rascal. Although it's unfortunate because the name is very good, Ramakrishna, but he's it's been misappropriated. So while he was demonstrating how all religions are good, he was practicing Islam, and part of his practice of Islam was eating beef. Such a rascal. In Chathopadhyay means Brahmin family. And people are so foolish. They say, oh, such a great teacher. And so confused. The whole of India. So now we have, you know, it's the, 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 the incarnations and gurus, they're, they're, like the, they're like rock stars or something in the West. They come up for, a, many of them, they come up, they're promoted by the media. They come up for a short time and then, you know, and then they fade away and some other one comes up and people have no idea. There's so much misguided. So please read Srila Prabhupada's books, get proper guidance, proper association, associate with devotees who are following Srila Prabhupada, performing these activities of devotional service. Don't be spoiled. It's very easy to spoil our whole life. Very, it's not at all difficult. All you have to do is be a normal American and your life will be a complete disaster. That's all. It's simple. You can, you be a good, respectable citizen and you'll go to hell like everyone else. And you can fight with the Arabs down there too, if you like. But if you want to go to Krishna, then please follow Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Rupa Goswami, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, Srila Prabhupada, this Acharya Parampara, they came to give us something better than this fighting or well, in the 60s they protesting against the war, make love not war. Why, why they were protesting? Why are you sending us off to Vietnam to get shot where we could be enjoying sex here in America? Make love, they make love doesn't mean love Krishna, it means Anyway, everyone knows. So better follow. It, what 
Prabhupada came to give was not religion as it's commonly understood. That religion is, you pray to God and He gives you all facilities for enjoying this material world. And then you go to heaven and you go on enjoying. But there's no taxes. That's all. (laughs) Heaven is like America, but no taxes and no terrorism. This idea, God is, He's helping us to enjoy ourselves. But it means change of consciousness. Everything is meant for glorifying Him, for serving Him, everything. Krishnate Akela Cheshta. All these activities that Bhaktivinoda is describing, they're all meant for Krishna. Why do we work? is saying, I'm getting great pleasure in serving the deities, honoring prasadam, taking part in kirtan. But what is the pleasure? The pleasure comes not from thinking how I will enjoy, but by serving Krishna and thinking how he enjoys it. Mridangabhadda sunitemon. Madhura mridangabhadji. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu likes the sound of the mridanga. So we may think, I like the sound of the of the uh, bongo drum. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu likes the mridanga. So we play mridanga for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pleasure. That's his eternal paraphernalia. Always thinking how Krishna will be satisfied. And by doing that, automatically we become happy. We don't have to think. But it requires to make a decision to live our lives in that way. Of being different. That we don't. To be a devotee means not to be a victim of the consciousness destroying or dragging our consciousness down to the lower modes of nature. So we should be very careful. This, uh, instead of, it's not just wasting our times to, for instance, watch TV, but it's, it's, it's not just a waste of time. We could be hearing and chanting about Krishna, but it actually spoils our consciousness. And even when people say, well, I'm just watching the news, but it's the, it's the news of how people are struggling with each other to try to exploit each other in forgetfulness of Krishna. Or they say, well, we're watching Discovery Channel, it's educational, but I don't know what they say in America. This is what they say in India. I'm... Mm-hmm more there than here. But I can imagine it's people say similar kind of thing. Educational, yeah, but you're then you again you're you're learning, you're hearing from people who even if they don't directly state it or they're not even aware of it themselves, their whole consciousness is that this world is meant for our enjoyment or they may be more expanded, they may think it's also for the for the Enjoyment of all the different wildlife, therefore we have to protect the frogs and protect the butterflies and keep the save the whale and all this kind of thing, so that all the everyone can be happy forgetting Krishna. So that's that's the consciousness which is there that this world is a place for us all to enjoy, and we should keep it nice for future generations to enjoy. 
So that, even though they don't say it, they, they haven't even, uh, what's the word, formed that thought in their minds. What's the word? They haven't, I can't remember the word. So they're not even aware of that. But that consciousness in their speaking, it enters our consciousness and contaminates it. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur, who was himself father of 13 children, which in the, in the modern age we think, oh, 13 children, well, that was normal previously, even two, three generations ago. Probably all of our, at least, great-grandparents, they, they had, it was a normal thing to have so many children. Then, uh, I was just listening to a talk this morning, Prabhupada was saying that my, my mother was aged, married at the age of nine, my father at the age of twelve, and then when my daughter was twelve years old, my mother was so upset that she wasn't married yet, she was threatening to commit suicide. So, had many children, but he he was a res, he was a responsible government officer, much respected by the British administration. But he was a pure devotee of Krishna. He's, we don't find him writing books about the the Brit, you know his admin. He did actually write one or two small things on law, and he, but his he wrote profusely about Krishna consciousness with such. Clarity and compassion, so authoritative. So we may not be qualified to write for Krishna's bhakti, you know, Thakur did. We may or may not be. We should. If we're going to write, it's, again, it's, it's writing is serious communication, so we should be very careful if we're going to write that it's actually following the parampara. But we can do all these activities as he has said. Shuddha Bhakata Charana Renu Bhajana Anako Associating with devotees, serving devotees, following Akadashi, worshipping the deity, performing Kirtan, taking Charanamrita, taking Krishna Prasad. We can do all of these activities. And we can also follow in Bhaktivinoda Thakur's example, uh, attempt to communicate the message of the Acharyas to others preaching Krishna consciousness. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Thank you all for listening so nicely. I can understand you're not watching television. Otherwise, TV watchers can't hear. They cannot sit and hear spiritual discussions. Previously, these, these would go on. Bhaktisthan Sasritako we generally speak minimum two hours, often four hours or more. People, they didn't have such a rushed life and they had the interest and they, their attention span wasn't all, what's the word, diminished, frazzled. Is there such a word as frazzled? Anyway. They could listen, because the TV means they show one thing and within one second they'll have like they'll flash the screen on and off. It's like you know, it's like you're getting punched. So but hearing one has to be somewhat advanced even to hear.
discussion of Krishna. That's why we find many of the religious speakers <coughs> in India, that tradition is still going on hearing. But mostly it's like some kind of entertainment. They'll tell stories and they'll sing a bit. and It keeps the attention. But serious listeners, they should be able to hear without... And they should be able to hear philosophy and not only story. If you only hear stories, we don't hear how Krishna is great, how we have to surrender to him. Then it will be pious entertainment. So it's good. We should we should hear we hear how Prabhupada spoke. He's always speaking philosophy on and on and on, all day, every day. And at night, when everyone went to sleep, he'd be dictating his books. You have a question? Yeah. Could you elaborate on how Bhaktivinoda Thakur was so respected in his job? How did he keep that balance between Christian consciousness and allowing himself? I don't know much about how he executed his duties because he didn't tell us much about that. It obviously wasn't his. It wasn't his main interest in life. He was always trying to retire from it, actually. But he did his job very well. It said that he, he was a magistrate. He would hear cases very quickly and give the judgment very quickly. He didn't prolong it. So he was he obviously he was very intelligent. Even We shouldn't think that a pure devotee has material intelligence, but he obviously he was very intelligent for working in this world also. He did his job very responsibly. He didn't think, well, I'm Krishna conscious, so there's no need to do my job properly. But he did it very responsibly. And uh, interestingly, he, he studied, he went, as he was working, he was doing study side by side. And he gradually got promotion doing that. So he was responsible both. He was responsible as a as a government servant, he was responsible as a father, and he was a pure devotee of Krishna. So exactly the details of how he was administering the cases, we don't have records of, but general idea we have. Hmm. Plus you would spend lots of time chanting and writing everything. Yeah, chanting and, yeah. Writing, a major part of his bhajan, his activities was writing. He wrote so much, it's amazing. I mean, even if he was a full-time author, it'd be amazing. The, the quantity and the quality of his writings, extraordinary. The Jiva Goswami Prabhupada wrote so many books, he was a full-time writer. I'm not trying to say Bhaktivinoda Thakura is better, but he, that he did write so much while having a... A responsible job and uh, and a fam- big family to look after. Plus he was preaching and he was, as he describes here chanting and engaging in all these activities of bhajan. So very great personality no doubt. People of the world they don't know who is Bhaktivinoda Thakur? They don't know who is Prabhupada. You would think in India that people would appreciate Prabhupada more, isn't it? That he did, he spread this Krishna conscious movement all over the world, but somehow they're not appreciating nearly as much as they should do. Why is that? Because one reason is because they can't appreciate, you can't really appreciate a devotee unless you accept their gift and you take up Krishna consciousness and as you become a devotee. Then you can 
Otherwise, many people say, yes, your Prabhupada did a good, he made people Hindus, he made them vegetarians, but they don't recognize the value that he gave them pure devotional service. They can only appreciate on a in a superficial way. As long as they remain superficial, they cannot... Yeah, please. Yes, please. Mataji at the back, you wanted to ask something or say something? Um, years ago, I heard a tape or a lecture on Bhakti Vinod Thakur's Universal Religion. Mm. And I was wondering if you had ever heard... My memory so... Universal Religion. I don't exactly remember that phrase being used by him, but he was making the point that Krishna Bhakti, that is the universal religion. That is, he wrote the, the book Jaiva Dharma, that the dharma, which is sometimes translated as religion, or the, it means the intrinsic propensity of every jiva, every living being, is Krishna consciousness. And in that book, he uh, compared, you, you could say it's like a, what do they call that, religious dialogue they were dis- but it, they were discussing Krishna consciousness with other religious systems and showing the superiority of Krishna consciousness nowadays we have this interfaith in which they try to share ideas and this and that but you know Taka was showing how very politely the devotees were meeting other religionists and showing that whatever concepts are there in other, whatever genuine concepts are there in any religious process is, is this, he, he, was it he who used this term? I believe he was the first to use this term. Bhaktisthan Sarasvati Thakur certainly used the term extended Christianity. That whatever is known of the teachings of Christ is fully and completely given in the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So he said that the time is shortly coming when all the churches of the world will merge into the Sankirtan movement of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So these these two books, especially Chaitanya Shikamrita and Jaiva Dharma, these should be, Bhaktisthan Saraswati Thakur said, these two books should be translated in the languages of the world and given to the intellectuals. And then, because they they systematically not dogmatically, present how Krishna consciousness is the fulfillment of all religious paths. The path given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which at its fulfillment is service to the servants of Radha and Krishna. The contributions of Bhaktino Thakur are tremendously important. We have all this interfaith now. It's become quite popular in Iskand. But if they can present the teachings of systematic teachings of Bhaktino Thakur, that would then and then it, it sh- this idea that we all meet together and we discuss our ideas and we share them, it'll never go anywhere. That's not the system of of religious enlightenment. It's not that you meet and you intellectually discuss. One has to hear from superior person. Not that by our own, we just our own ideas. We can never go up like that. We can go round and round, but we can never go up. We go up by taking, the rope comes down, we hold it and they pull us up. That's how we go up.
not by our own intellectual method. Comparative religion is only, you can get a university degree, but you'll never, never get love of Krishna by studying comparative religion. One, if one is under the guidance of pure devotees and under their instruction studies various religions for the sake of establishing the highest truth, that can be useful. As Bhaktivinoda Thakur obviously did in writing his books. But the idea that we'll study all different religions, just like, you know, some people study frogs and some people study mathematics and some people, some people study computer software and some people study religions. And it's an, but it's not a subject, God is not a subject of our study. He is to be surrendered to. He's not, he's not just another subject at the university. The whole approach is flawed from the very beginning. Bhaktisthan Sarsar Thakur said his whole teachings rest on Drigdrishya Vichar, who, to understand who is the seer and who is the seen. God is not someone for us to be seen, to be studied. 